If uh, you have your Bibles with you, whether in printed or digital format, I want to invite you to join me in Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, we're going to read this scripture uh, kind of together. And maybe you didn't bring a copy of scripture with you, but you have a smartphone. If you pull out your smartphone and go to faithchurchks.org, you can get right onto our central hub. And click on the card that you see on your phone that says Sermon Notes. Click right in there and you'll see all of the scriptures that we're going to read today there, as well as a spot where you can take your own notes as well. And so uh, that way you don't have to feel left out. You can participate if you'd like. Uh, Exodus chapter 20, starting in verse 1, this is what it says. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in in the form of anything in heaven, above, or on earth beneath, or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God." punishing the children for the sins of the parents to the third and the fourth generation of those who have hated on me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who loved me and kept my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord, your God, when you hit your thumb with a hammer and your children. Oh, sorry, that must just be my version. Do not misuse the name of the Lord, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, And all the moms who don't like to cook on Sunday said, For in the six days, for in the six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath. He blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. Honor your father and mother, so that you may live long in the land that your God is giving to you. And all the parents said, Yeah, you shall not murder, mom and dad. Your children who do not obey commandment prior to said commandment. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. And you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servants or his ox or his boat or his larger house or his bigger income or anything along his donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. These are what many people refer to as the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for your presence that's here with us today. Jesus, we ask that over the next few moments, you would give us eyes to see, give our spirits some softening that we might indeed, Lord, hear what you want to say to us. Lord, I pray that you would take every word that comes from my mouth and tailor arrange it to fit into the situations, the life, the struggle, 
the victories, the realities that any one person who might be hearing these words needs them to fit in. Lord, make it personal and practical for us today. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Recently, uh, this week, I took a quiz online, and I failed the quiz. Wasn't my finest moment, but the quiz was an interesting one. In fact, uh, we put a link in the sermon notes this week that if you want to go and take this quiz yourself, you can go right to the central hub into the sermon notes and the link will be down there at the bottom. Don't do it right now because I got some things to tell you. Just hang on. You can do that later this, this week if you want. But this quiz was all about, do you know when to say yes and how to say no? In other words, it was essentially saying, are you a person who knows boundaries and respects them in your own life and respects them in other people's lives? Or do you have no boundaries whatsoever? You don't know what personal space is. Uh, you don't, it doesn't matter if you want to know what it is, you're going to figure it out and find out and talk about it. Do you know where boundaries are? Here, here are some of the questions that, that it asked. Uh, it asked questions like, say your mother invites you to come over for dinner but you have other plans. Would you tell her that you are busy and suggest a more convenient time? Would you change your plans to avoid upsetting her? Or would you feel obligated to try and do both dinner with your mom and your other plans too? Which one would you do? Don't answer it out loud because your mom might be sitting near you. Just internalize these, these things. Your coworker is about to miss a deadline and begs for your help finishing a project but you also have your own deadline that you've got to get done to finish your own work. What would you do? Would you reply that you're unavailable to help out? Would you work overtime and attempt meeting both deadlines for yourself and your coworker? Or would you uh, reply that you're busy but feel guilty the whole time for leaving the other person in a bind? Which one would you honestly do while you are out for dinner with friends. Let's say you have a child and they jump on your lap and they start treating you like a jungle gym. I know it would never happen to any of you, but it's been my experience. Would you shift your focus from your friends to keep the child occupied and happy? Would you continue talking with your friends while peering around the bouncing child? Would you tell the child to either sit in your lap or get down and jump on the floor? Which would you do? The way you answer these questions will indicate whether or not you are a person who understands boundaries or not. Whether you understand how to abide in your own boundaries or if there are no boundaries and there are certain things that go beyond. Here's another one. Let's say your teen has a cell phone and loves to surf the web and text and do all the fun things that teens do on their phones. Although you are paying for the cell phone bill. Your teen still objects to you checking up on the usage. Would you agree not to look at your teen's phone in order to avoid an argument about privacy? Look at your teen's phone while he or she is sleeping? <laughs> Guilty laughter ensues. <laughs> Would you insist that you look at your teen's phone despite the complaining? Some of these, and I could go on and on, and there, there were several of them, and again, I failed this test. Apparently, I have some work to do when it comes to the relationships that I engage in and how I treat other people and how I view other people and in how I allow other people to treat me and how I allow them to view me. 
sometimes when we think about this idea of boundaries, we think of them as limitations in our lives. And nobody wants to be held back by other people. Nobody wants to feel like you have limitations. But I'm not talking about limitations in which there are maybe honest weaknesses in your life. I'm not talking about habits that would hold you back. I'm not talking about missing uh, some understanding in the context because you don't have the knowledge to really understand what's being said or done. I'm not talking about those kind of limitations, but I am talking about healthy limits and boundaries. Boundaries help us to define what is our property. And boundaries help us to define what is our responsibility. And if we don't know what is our property or what is our responsibility, we will live with a great amount of tension and insecurity in our relationships. We'll walk on eggshells in certain situations and put up with things that we really ought not allow to have in our lives. And it will create insecurities in our lives that we start living to please people rather than living to please God and allowing him to be the Lord over all of our lives. I want to talk to you today on the subject of boundaries. We're going to go to some scriptures and look at some things. In fact, I want to share three key things that I think boundaries help us to do in our lives. But a lot of this is not only taken from my own study and just praying this week, but some of these thoughts have come directly from a book entitled Boundaries, by a Christian psychologist, Dr. Henry Cloud. Fantastic book. If you have at least, at least one friend, and if you are a part of a family, you should read the book, Boundaries. You need to read it. You need to get it, go on Amazon, buy it, and get the book and start reading it. Why? Here's why. Because God invented boundaries. God invented boundaries. Exodus 20 was a list of boundaries that God was establishing in our world. Jesus came along and took those 10 commandments and reduced them down to two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And we love to quote it today to tell people to get off our back, to not put limits, don't hold me back. Don't, don't tell me what to do. I'm loving God with all my heart and I'm loving my neighbor as I love myself. So deal, people. The problem is I've found that most of us don't love ourselves the way God wants us to love ourselves. So we're starting from a wrong place. If we don't know how to love ourselves the way God designed us to love ourselves or the way that God loves us, then we don't know how to love one another in the right way. Let, let me say it like this. God gave us boundaries to strengthen our relationships, not strong arm our compliance. God gave us the Ten Commandments and Jesus summarized them into two thoughts that we can hold on to and really navigate our lives by. But the details of these commandments and the details of other things in God's word, they were not given to us to try and strong arm our compliance. God is not trying to manipulate you into living a certain way. God is the God of all life. And God created every single person to have relationships. And God doesn't want your relationships to suck. 
He wants them to be strong and healthy. Did that pastor just say suck in church? (laughs) There's a bar in the back of our church. I think we'll be okay. God designed boundaries to help your relationship with your husband to be strong. God designed boundaries so that when you're at work and you have to deal with difficult people, they can be healthy relationships. God designed boundaries so that when you are in a place where the, where the people around you are living and acting and talking and doing things that you don't know that how you, what, how do, do I do that? Do I not do that? I don't want to be misled. I don't want to give the wrong impression. How do I? So that you can be strong in your life. So your relationships can be strong. He didn't give us these things to strong arm our compliance, to make us do things. God is not after behavior modification. He's after a life surrendered in love with him. With everything. That's why church and religion gets it so wrong sometimes. Because we start giving a list of to-dos and things that we have to live up to and do these things. But we miss the whole point. The whole point wasn't to avoid sin. The whole point of the Ten Commandments wasn't to post in a courthouse. The whole point of the Ten Commandments wasn't to be memorized by children in a public school setting. The whole point of the Ten Commandments was to strengthen our relationship with God and to strengthen our relationship with other people. Not to browbeat people into behaving the way we want them to. Not to manipulate people to do what we think is best. None of those things. That's not the point. I really wish, and I may do it this next year, take take this entire section of scripture and put them in today's context so that we can see how each of these 10 commandments are all about our relationships. Every single one of them. Every single one of them. And how they're about strengthening our relationships. Not trying to strong arm or control or manipulate our lives moving forward. There are three things that I think boundaries help us to do. Three three healthy Um, results or effects, if you will, bonuses, benefits of having boundaries in your life and and knowing how to live within them and set them. Three things. Number one, if if you're taking notes, you you can write this down. Boundaries help funnel our creativity. Boundaries funnel creativity. What? I don't get that, Pastor. What do you mean? How many of you have ever uh, set a time limit to get something done? You've been under crunch time and you've got a deadline that you've got to meet, right? And within that deadline, all of a sudden, the minute the deadline shows up, you start coming up with good ideas and things start falling in place. You start solving problems and moving forward and you're saying no to distractions and you're just boom, 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 boom. And you're getting things done. Why? Because there's a boundary, there's a constraint, there's a limit that's being placed called a deadline. And you are now funneling all of your energy, resource, creativity, and problem solvings to get that done. This works great as a parent. I will often give my children a time limit to accomplish a task, like making their lunch for the next day at school. That's a responsibility that all three of our children have. Now, we're there to help coach and help and assist and do different things. But for the most part, they have to do it. And oftentimes, I will have to set a timer. You have 10 minutes to get your lunch done. They get it done. Why? That boundary of time funnels their creativity. It it, it helps them solve things, do things creatively. I am uh, somebody who loves to, to, to write and to think kind of creatively. I tend to do that. 
but I only do it within the context of limitations. Let me give you an example. I despise paper that has lines on it. I don't want to be confined to some lines, but I need to be confined to some paper. So I like blank paper, but it's still paper. It's still an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. That is the boundary that I need to work in. And that boundary helps me to create things as I go. It helps funnel my creativity. In Acts chapter uh, 6, the church was growing and uh, there was lots of activity that was happening, but the church was coming up on a huge problem. Here was the problem. Certain widows were being overlooked in the food distribution line. And the apostles, the disciples started to realize, wait a second, this is kind of beyond our scope. We're not really good at that at administrating and making sure because people are getting missed. We need to do something. There is too much for us to handle in this moment. We've got to come up with another solution. So they pray about it. And they decide to appoint men and women who were capable, competent, and had the ability to organize and administrate so that everybody was getting fed. And they made the decision that said, hey, it is not good for us to give up time in the word and to give up time preaching and declaring God's truths and meeting with people, helping them understand who Jesus is as our Messiah for us to serve tables. In other words, there are other people. We need to make room for more people to step on board, to get involved and to do the things. There was a boundary that they kept going over and it wasn't good for the church. It wasn't good for the people of God. And so they began to realize that there are certain boundaries that they had to live within. How many of you have ever heard the phrase, think outside the box? Hey, just just live outside, just go outside the box. Think outside the box, think outside the box. I think that's the, the worst advice ever. In fact, I, I prefer to think of it like this. I think we need to think inside the box, but color outside the lines. See, because thinking outside the box is what has gotten you into debt. See, because you wanted to go beyond what your finances actually could afford, and Visa had a plan. MasterCard was like, I got you. And now, they got you. Because there was a boundary, there was a realistic budget that you needed to be on, but you weren't living in. Pastor, you're starting to meddle. No, I'm just trying to help you live healthy. You got to think inside your box. Here in this church, we're growing. We have a certain box that we got to fit in, right? There's a certain box. We only can fit so many chairs without endangering the lives of everybody around, right? Like, but within this box, we can come up with all sorts of chair configurations and move things around and adjusting things to give us maximum amount of space as possible. Why? We have a box, but let's get creative. And when you decide to live within a boundary, you can funnel your creativity. Husbands, Everybody takes a deep breath like, uh-oh. I just needed to swallow. It wasn't supposed to be that dramatic. Husbands, if you will make a decision that the only affection and emotional romance that you're going to get in is with your wife, you can funnel all sorts of good creativity. That boundary will only strengthen your relationship. Not strong-arm your relationship. Why? Because boundaries were given to us for strengthening our relationships, not strong-arming our compliance. 
Some of you need to rediscover what your boundary is. Some of you, you need to put some boundaries around your time. Set some timers and some time limits. Some of you need to get on a financial budget. That is a boundary that helps you be in charge of your finances rather than being slave to the lender and being slave to the demands of what your month needs to provide. And so many of us have more month than we've got money. And we run out on the 19th, but we need to make it to the 30th. And if you start living on a budget, I promise you, when you start putting some things together in a budget, you will discover that you have more resources than what you realize. And God can do more with your boundary than, he, than you can do without one. We have to rechange re our thought. Boundaries are good. They help funnel our creativity. Number two, here's, here's the second benefit to these things. Boundaries fuel security. Boundaries fuel security. You want to feel safe in the relationships that you are in. And if there, if there is a relationship where you don't feel safe, where you can't be fully honest, where you feel like you have to walk on eggshells and always try to please them, that is not a healthy relationship. And you are not having security. You don't feel safe in that. You want to know why? Because you don't have boundaries. Somebody is not respecting boundaries if they exist at all. But where there are boundaries, it fuels our security. If you feel helpless, angry, afraid, feel manipulated or controlled by somebody else, or if you are trying to control somebody else, you need to place some boundaries in those spaces. Psalms 91 verse 1 says it like this. Whoever dwells in the shelter, boundary. Who he dwells in the shelter of the Most High, God. So he who lives in God's boundaries and the place and in the ways that God has for them, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. He will rest there. You will not be at rest if you do not feel secure in a relationship. But when you start getting in and you start abiding in the place where God wants you to abide and you start being in the place where God wants you to be and you start living in the boundaries that God begins to set up, the Bible says he will cover you and you will find rest. Read all of Psalm 91. It's a huge protective psalm. It's all about the things, how God's going to bless you and protect you and keep you safe and his angels are going to hang out around you and be with you. But it's all conditional on verse 1, you abiding in the shelter. If it is pouring rain outside and you walk outside of the boundary of your house, you will get wet. Yes or yes. Why? Because you left the shelter. You are no longer abiding in the boundary of your house. When we stay in the boundaries in our relationships, when we clearly articulate what those boundaries are, we begin to feel a sense of security that maybe we've never felt before. There are some things that are just off limits for my wife and I, certain boundaries that we put in our, in our marriage that we know help us feel safe in our relationship. One of the boundaries that we've set is that we will never have an argument in our bedroom. Our master bedroom is a safe, off-limits-to-arguing environment. I didn't say we don't argue. Because Lord knows I'm wrong a lot, but I like to be right. 
I don't need any amens. Hold up now. But we've set a boundary to say, you know, this, this space, it's going to be safe. And as long as we keep it safe, there's some other things that start with X that happen a whole lot more often in a safe place. But there's little ears around. And so, you know, what are the boundaries that you need to articulate and set in your life, in your relationships? Because when you start living in boundaries, you will start feeling and fueling the security in your life. Children need boundaries. There are certain limits my kids can't go beyond when they're outside playing. Why? I need to feel safe and I need them to know that they're safe. Children need boundaries. Children need boundaries. In your relationships and your friendships, you need boundaries. Here's why. Because boundaries in a relationship are a litmus test for security and being valued. They're a litmus test for being safe and feeling value. Listen, we cannot in our relationships, in our friendships, in our marriages, in uh, our work environments, we cannot expect people to perform for our love. Nor should we be expected to perform for their love. But if we're going to have relationships that are strong and healthy, where we feel safe, you have to have trust. And relationships can only be trusted as far as they've been tested. You only can trust a person as far as you've walked through some things where you know where the boundaries are and it's been tested and everybody's good and in agreement. If you haven't been tested in a relationship, if you haven't known where those things are, sometimes you cross the line and you're like, oh, that wasn't a good line. We shouldn't have crossed that one. We need to come back a little bit. That's testing some things. You can trust those kinds of relationships. If you go over a line, but yet there's forgiveness that is given, there's been some testing there. And some of us have just been pretending to be safe in a relationship because we are unwilling to give forgiveness in a relationship. I'll take your silence as an amen. Relationships need to be a safe place. And they only can be safe where there are boundaries. Why? Because boundaries fuel our security. I'll say one more thing about this and then we'll move on to the last, last thought. And it changes the corner a good bit. Manipulation is not from God. If you are trying to control, you're using money to control somebody's behavior, you don't have a healthy relationship. And you are acting, I'm going to say it strong, you're acting like the devil. Because the devil uses manipulation and shame to get you to do what he wants you to do. But our Heavenly Father is loving and kind and gracious and slow to anger and patient and enduring and rich in love. He's not manipulative. He's patient. He might, he might try and compel us, motivate us, and encourage us, but it is not for our the safety of our relationship. You do not have to perform for God to love you. And that is the model on how we are supposed to live in our human relationships. And if there are human relationships that aren't modeling that, either somebody needs to set some boundaries and allow God to come in and do some healing, or that's not a relationship you need to have. Why? Because boundaries fuel our 
security. And God's desire for you is to dwell in the shadow of the Most High and to be in a place of safety. Boundaries help fuel our safety. Here's the last one. Number three. If you're taking notes, you can write it down. And if you're not taking notes, you can, you can write it down too. <laughs> Boundaries foster our character. Boundaries foster our character. What do I mean by character? I'm not talking about your ability to be funny. I'm not talking about your ability to have a personality. No, no. I'm talking about your character, your integrity. I'm talking about boundaries that come into a place that allow you to be the same person when people are watching and when nobody will ever know. It's not just what you do when nobody's watching. No, no, no. It's what you would do if you would never get caught. That's what your character is. And when you put boundaries in your life, you allow yourself to live and develop godly character. Why? Because boundaries identify what is our responsibility. Boundaries identify those things. There are some things in your life that may be permissible, but they may not be beneficial for you. There are lots of things that could be permissible. They're not sinful things. They're just things. And in that way, if they are just things, then sometimes we have a tendency to not put limits and boundaries on those good things and we take them too far and they are no longer a healthy thing. Why? Because just because you can doesn't mean you should. Just because I can eat fast food every meal doesn't mean I should. Just because I can yell at my kids and demand that they obey me in a way because I'm going to punish them if I don't and I make them feel guilty about all the things doesn't mean I should. They might do what I want them to do on the outside, but it has no, no real healthy effect on them on the inside. Just because you can doesn't mean you, you should. There are lots of things, gentlemen, that you can get access to on this device, but it doesn't mean you should be accessing them on your device. You need to have guardrails up in your life. Just because, teenager, you can post that online about somebody else doesn't mean you should post that online about somebody else. Just because you can make fun of somebody and bully them doesn't mean you should make fun of them and bully them. Just because you can take advantage of somebody doesn't mean you should take advantage of somebody. You need guardrails in your lives. I, I love uh, the, the iPhone and the iOS world. And one of the reasons why I love it now more than ever is they've uh, created this way for families to all be linked together. And they've created this uh, measuring app or, or, or feature called Screen Time, which allows us to know what we're spending all of our screen time on. That's dangerous and scary. But it also allows us to set healthy limits for our kids. So on my daughter's device, there's certain times of a, an evening and morning that she's not allowed to access just about anything on her phone. Why? Because she needs some boundaries. Just to protect her, to keep her heart safe, to keep us in a good place. Protected, guardrails. Why? She doesn't always like it. I get it. But I love her too much to let her live without some boundaries. 
crazy thing is I also put those boundaries on my life too. Why? Because just because I can doesn't mean I should. And, and why expect them to do something that I'm not willing to also do too? I'm not saying that there aren't levels of responsibility or levels of reward that I get as an adult. I mean, there are certain things that I'm going to do as an adult that she's not going to do, that any of my kids are going to do. That's, that's healthy. That's good. That's, you know, there's some context to that. But in the heart of hearts and the character of who I am, I recognize that leaders are the example, not the exception. And parents, if there are some things that we are expecting of our kids and we're trying to lead them to do, we ought to be setting that example, not living with exceptions everywhere. Why? Because these boundaries help foster our character. And your character, it matters. It lives well beyond one action. It reverberates and it echoes not only into eternity, but into the lives of the people that are around you. Your character matters. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 says it like this. Above all else. Above going to church every week. Above uh, giving in the offering. Above speaking kind to other people. Above taking communion every chance you get. Above above making sure that you're dressed a certain way when you go to church, above all else, guard your heart. Above everything, guard your heart. Why? Because guardrails and boundaries foster our character. They strengthen our relationship. They matter to us. Pastor Craig Rochelle says it like this. Don't avoid temptation tomorrow that you can eliminate today. So start now eliminating even the option for temptation. Just because I can professionally meet with people of the opposite sex. Just because there are certain things as a pastor, people need to talk to me. Doesn't mean I'm going to do it in a private place. There's guardrails that I set in my life. Why? We're going to do that kind of conversation in a public place. Why? To protect them and to protect me. There are guardrails. If I never allow those kinds of uh, conversations to take place in a way that would be hushed and private, so private that it would get access into recesses of my own heart or their own heart, that's called wisdom. There are certain things on your phone that you shouldn't have on there at all. Just don't put them on there. Right? Like you just, just don't, just eliminate the temptation before it even shows up. If you can't handle looking at Pinterest and feeling like a terrible person, don't have Pinterest on your phone. Hello. Right? Why? Because why try and avoid the temptation and deal with the things as it comes? Just eliminate it altogether. Because when you decide to live with boundaries, it begins to put guardrails. It begins to set these boundaries that are healthy, these bumpers that you can bump into and bump away from like a bowling lane that help you stay on track in your life and not end up in the gutter. Some of you have found yourself feeling like you've been living in the gutter because you get angry at a drop of a hat. You need some guardrails to put up in your life. 
You need the Lord to deal and heal some wounds in your own heart. We need boundaries in our lives. Why? Because it helps us have strong, healthy, vibrant, life-giving relationships. And you might be sitting there thinking, Pastor, I don't need relationships. I'm fine. I'm good. You do need a relationship with God. And you do need a healthy relationship with yourself. And I would argue that you actually need a relationship with at least somebody else. Because that's how you were created. In the very beginning, God says, it is not good for man to be alone. That's not a verse to say every human needs to be married. No. Every person needs somebody. God needed somebody. So he has a son and he has the Holy Spirit. And the three of them are in perfect community and unity as one. Because a strand of three chords, scripture tells us, is not easily broken. And if you're going to have relationships on any level as a parent with kids, with in-laws, with bosses, with coworkers, you need to realize that boundaries are necessary. When it comes to boundaries, you either are creating boundaries or you're allowing boundaries. But the flip side is true. If you feel where there's no creativity in your life, you're not getting things done, you just feel overwhelmed all the time, if you're at a point in your life where you realize, I don't feel safe in this relationship, I'm always having to mind my P's and Q's and grandma's going to get upset at this or that and I can't say this or that and I can't really this or that. And it's, it's not about doing wrong things. It's actually about just being good and healthy, your own person, those kinds of things. And you have to walk on eggshells all the time in those relationships. You're at a place where your character is really anemic and weak. You have no care. You do one thing on the outside, but on the inside, you're something else. On the outside, you pretend something to somebody else, but on the inside, you're unwilling to let God address the morality and the character and the conduct of your own thoughts and hearts. And you feel like there are certain things in your life, habits that are out of control that you wish were more in control. All of those areas, you either created that mess or you're allowing that mess both is true when it comes to the boundaries in our hearts. Galatians chapter 6. And yes, we are closing. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 says you need to carry each other's burdens and in this way fulfill the law of Christ. If you look at the original language, that, that word for burden literally means like heavy boulder that you can't lift by yourself. There will be times where you go in your life, you experience things in your life that are too heavy for you to carry on your own. That's why we need the body of Christ to help carry one another's burdens. But it goes on to say in verse five, that each of you should carry their own load. And if you look at the original language, that word load is the idea of carrying your own backpack or your own knapsack. In other words, there are some things that you are responsible for alone. You're responsible for your attitude. You're responsible for your character. You're responsible for how you react to other people. You're responsible for your relationship with God. You're responsible for you. And oftentimes in the church, we get these things confused. We want other people to carry our mess, 
our backpacks and we try and carry the heavy loads all by ourselves in isolation. We're not going to get help from nobody. We're not going to get prayer. We're going to figure this out on our own. We're going to man up and woman up. We're going to do this. We can do it ourselves. And we're trying to carry boulders that we weren't meant to carry, but yet we're giving away our backpack saying, it's your fault that I feel this way. You hurt me. And we give away this offense like it's their fault. No, offense isn't something that you give. It's something you decide to pick up and put in your back and keep walking. I don't like what he said. That hurt my feelings. I'm sorry your feelings got hurt, but that's your response to what the truth of God's word says. It's not mine. I will love you. I will sit down and I will talk with you. But most of us get so frustrated and offended at other people that they're not willing to carry our backpack for us and make us feel better and make us feel happy and make us feel good on the inside. And they're not making us feel what we want to feel. And we throw it on them like it's their fault. And then we never have conversations to actually create clarity and understanding. We never actually go and have conversations to discern what is real and what is not. What are the boundaries and what are not the boundaries? ourselves in broken relationship after broken relationship and go from church to church, group to group, activity to activity, because we're confusing the difference between a boulder and a backpack. And we can't do it. We need to understand where the lines of what is our property and what is our responsibility. Would you stand with me as we close? Today, on the, on the central hub, there's that sermon note spot. At the bottom of that, there's a reading plan called Boundaries 101. I love the title of that. It's a Bible reading plan. I want to challenge you to take a step this week and begin to read that plan and allow the Lord to speak to you on the boundaries that exist or don't exist. They need to be adjusted or put in place. Why? Because you were made for relationship and God wants your relationships to be strong and healthy, not strong-armed into manipulative compliance. That is hurtful. It's not God's design for your life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're here today and you know that there's been some hurt in your own life, You know that there's some things that you need to draw some boundaries because you're causing hurt in other people's lives and crossing the line and you're not respecting their time or place. Or Maybe the Lord has just been dealing with you as it relates to your character today. I don't know what it is. But sir or ma'am, I'm going to suggest to you that the remedy to that is not guilt, but the remedy to that is developing a healthy relationship with an almighty God who loves you no matter what. And finding security and safety in that relationship is all that matters to you. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I need some healing. There's something that's going on. I just, I know I need a touch from a loving father. Would you just put a hand in the air just by acknowledgement so I can pray for you specifically right now? Hands are going up. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray right now that your spirit would touch their hearts, touch their lives, God. Where there has been deep pain, Jesus, bring healing right now. Where there has been avoidance or offense, God, we choose to lay those down and we ask ourselves for forgiveness. Lord, where we have withheld forgiveness for somebody, 
Right now, Lord, we choose that you would help us give that forgiveness away. Lord, this week, draw us closer to you. May we get to know you as our loving Father. And may we recognize that there's no no mountain you wouldn't climb up, no wall you wouldn't tear down to come after us. And we would be full on aware of the reckless, redeeming love that you have for us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name still praying church if you're here today and you've never said yes to Jesus you've never accepted his love you've never committed to say I'm going to follow Jesus and today you want to make that commitment would you put a hand in the air we want to pray with you today say I want to say yes to Jesus I want to give my life to him I'm looking around real quick we're not going to wait long not going to wait long thank you thank you thank you awesome let's all pray this prayer together church father in Jesus name thank you for sending Jesus for me Thank you that he died on the cross. He was buried in the ground and he raised again three days later. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for washing me clean and bringing me into your family. I accept your love unconditionally. No strings attached. Your love in my life. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, church. Let's thank the Lord for all he did.